0: All right. So uh, today we uh, finish off a four-week series um, called "The Power of Focus," and uh, we have looked at how um, a focused life versus a, a non-focused life uh, it makes a big difference. And so, a lot of the 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 challenge of life is not just getting more things or more resources or more energies or whatever, but to be able to to Use what we have to to go in the same direction, if you will. Um, Most often, our energies in life are what you might call diffused. Uh, They're going in a lot of different directions. But if we can posture all of our life to go in the same direction, that is to focus, then there is power in our ability to focus and our ability to take what God gives us to focus. God wants you to live a focused life. He wants you to be a focused person, whoever you are, wherever you're at, whatever phase of life you're in. He is calling each of us to work on our ability to focus, focus primarily on our relationship with him, to focus on who God is, to focus on his kingdom, uh, to focus on loving God and loving neighbor with carrying out God's calling on our lives. That is the focus that we are all called to have in, in our lives. In week one, i uh, do a little recap here. In week one, we saw that Jesus models for us that we must not simply become all that the world wants us to become, but instead to get away and to make room for our Heavenly Father to speak into our lives and to guide us and lead us. In week two, we looked at how Jesus affirms mary's place in sitting at his feet even in spite of the cultural expectations around her that she needs to be doing other things or serving in the kitchen jesus affirms her place at his feet jesus likewise affirms your place at his feet He welcomes you to come, sit at His feet, listen to every word that He wants to speak to you. And then last week we looked at five big distractions. The distractions of entertainment, news, achievement, the past, and the future. And how these distractions can keep us from living in the present and they keep us from thinking about and setting our minds on the things that God has called you to set your minds on here and now. Now you can go back and listen to any of these sermons by going to our website at fumc.com slash sermons or by following our podcast. And I believe the instructions for those uh, to get the podcast are in your bulletin. So... Go back and listen to those if any of those sound interesting, if you want to hear them again or uh, hear them for the first time. So today we're going to shift, move forward. And instead of uh, looking at the distractions that interfere with our focus, we are going to look at healthy habits that empower our ability to focus. The key to living a focused life in part is to cultivate healthy habits in your life. These habits continually orient us and keep us moving in the direction that God wants us to have in our life a direction toward Jesus and so our scripture reading today is going to be uh, from page one out of your Bible which is going to be Genesis chapter one and I'm going to read various verses throughout Genesis one and so if you're following along in a Bible I'm going to be jumping here so I just want to encourage you to take a look hopefully we got it synced up on the screen uh, starting out with verse 1 of Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 5 God called the night day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. God called the dome sky. And there was evening, and there was morning the second day. Verse 12. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and the trees of every kind, bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the third day. Verse 17, God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. Verse 22, God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the sea and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. Verse 24, and God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind, and it was so. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God he created them, male and female he created them, and God saw all that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all of their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all the work He had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work He had done in creation. So in the scripture today, we see the importance in creation. Uh, Creation, Genesis 1 and 2, are some very foundational chapters. Not only in the Bible, but for in all that we believe as followers of Jesus. Everything we are is rooted and grounded in the fact that God is created. And God has created all things and he's given an order to all things things. We have so much good theology we get out of these first couple of chapters of the Bible. But one of the things that we need to really take a look at here is that God not only created stuff, He not only created matter, if you will, uh, He not only created energy, if you will, but God also created this thing that we call time. Physicists know that, and all of us to some degree might be aware, that, that time and space are, no, are not separate realities. That there is actually a relationship between time and space. And God created both of them. And out of this creation of time is where we get this thing called rhythm. 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 God made us to be a people of rhythm. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about those of us who do or don't have dance moves, okay? okay? Just because you don't have rhythm in that way, doesn't mean you can't have rhythm in other ways. Did you hear the scriptures? There was evening and there was morning. 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 Six times does it say this in Genesis chapter one and two. There is also a rhythm between work and rest. Work, 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 rest. Work, 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 rest. God is created into the very way that we are to live this sense of rhythm about a year ago I came across a productivity teacher by the name of Michael Hyatt and he had uh, I think I found, I just came across it on a Facebook or something and uh, but it the, the the title of his course uh, was really intriguing to me it was called free to focus and I thought hey I want to be free to focus because I feel like in my life I just get you know, distracted by too many things. And I want to be a person who's more focused in my life. And so I looked him up and a lot of times these productivity guys, I don't know if you ever look at them, but a lot of them, they're just, they have a lot of energy, And they're more excited to tell me about how I can better my life than I am excited to listen to them tell me how I want to live my life. And sometimes I'm thinking, is this guy on drugs? Because he just might be on drugs. The way he's so excited to tell me how I can live a productive life. (laughs) And I'm thinking, man, this is just a little too much for me. But Michael Hyatt is different. He had previously been an executive at Thomas Nelson Publishers. And the thing that sold him, uh, me on him most is that the guy has five daughters. And I thought, any man who can get through life and have five daughters and still look as peaceful as he looks, I'm going to listen to that guy. That guy has, he's known, he knows a thing or two. So I I jumped in and I started taking uh, an online class from him, and uh, I was really sold. I enrolled in his class free to focus, and I was expecting to hear all these magic little secrets about how to live a focused life, Uh, all the things that nobody else knows about. And I was actually surprised and a little relieved to hear that really most of what Michael said is just ordinary stuff that most of us probably already know but just for some reason don't follow through with actually doing it. There's too many things going on in our lives that keep us from doing the most important things. And so one of his main points, for example, is that focused people practice good routines. And Michael even says, you need to write down your routine every day. You need to write down your morning routine when you wake up. And you need to write down your routine of what you do when you go to bed. He also encourages people who work to write down kind of their workday startup routine and their workday shutdown routine. Now, of course, this depends on your line of work and what you do. Uh, Sometimes that shoe fits more for some than others. But I found this to be profoundly helpful in my life. And we're not talking rocket science kinds of things. Just write down what would be good habits for you to do in the morning. Real simple kinds of things. And so I begin to learn that there's a, a great amount of power in rhythm and routine in cultivating good habits in our lives. Most what we would call successful people have routines and habits that they practice. And what it does is it helps them to focus their lives in the long run in the big picture so today i want to offer us five five habits or routines that can help you to maintain focus in your life and these are not going to be rocket science okay but i think it's just good to come back to them remember them see the value in them the first habit is sleep and rest sleep and rest god rested on the seventh day. There's a lot of theology in that. God did not rest because He was tired. God rested as a way of modeling how He wants us to live. And He rested as a way of taking a step back and just beholding. Beholding the creation and saying, it is very good. A few weeks ago, remember we talked about Psalm 63 where the psalmist says, I'm beholding God in His temple. I'm beholding you in your sanctuary, your power and your glory. That's what we're doing here today. If worship needs to be anything, it's a time of beholding. It's a time of focus. We, like God, are called to rest Because it is a part of our created rhythm that we are made to live in. Give yourself permission to relax. The world is probably not going to give you that permission. As Americans and as a people of a post-industrial information internet age world, we are pushing the boundaries on this rhythm and we are experiencing the negative effects of it. Pastor Jim Dennison writes that instead of obeying Psalm 4610, which says, be still and know that I am God, we tend to respond with the mentality of be busy and know that I am God. Do we not? Americans work 137 more hours Per year than Japanese workers, 260 more hours per year than British workers and 499 more hours per year than French workers. Those lazy French, right? (laughs) Christmas season tends to exacerbate this, doesn't it? We're so tired when Christmas finally arrives as a culture in general that many people order takeout for their holiday meal. Chinese food orders on Christmas Day are 153% higher than on other days of the year. Michael Hyatt, who I referenced earlier, talks about uh, the work week. And a work week, at least for an executive and for people in certain positions, tends to have a diminishing returns at about 55 hours a week. He basically says that the research shows if you push past 55 hours a week, then what happens is you begin to make mistakes, which cost you more time. And so going over around 55 hours really begins to be counter productive now if you're a farmer and there's cotton in the field and you got to get it out you got to get it out right if you're a doctor and people are sick you got to do what you got to do if you're a coach and your high school team's in the playoffs hey it's november right but somewhere in here we got to figure out how to not become workaholics and you got to figure that out in your life where you are at Whatever you do, it is worth saying to God, God, I'm going to lay down my work schedule before you. Would you orient my time? Would you give me grace to let go and to rest as you have made and even commanded me to do so? Similar to finding time for rest, getting adequate sleep is a challenge in our culture. Most people need seven to eight hours of sleep each night. There are those small percentage of people that can live good, healthy lives on like four to five hours. But most of us, we need seven to eight hours. Isn't it amazing that God created us to be asleep about a third of our lives? That's amazing. God created you to sleep. We tend to look at sleep as an enemy we wear t-shirts that talk about who needs sleep. And, we, and what we're doing is we're, we're, we're treating ourselves like machines who define ourselves by what we do and what we get done. And God says, no, you're not a machine. You're a human being. Daytime talk show host Dr. Oz says that sleep is the most underappreciated health crisis in america there's more and more awareness of the value of sleep 79% of americans are getting less than the recommended 7 to 8 hours of sleep each night what we may not have realized is sleep is so valuable healthy amounts of sleep keeps the immune system strong meaning we get less sleep we're more susceptible to get sick Sleep is needed for the brain to process events in your life. God does stuff in your brain while you're asleep. He's made us this way. One of the things that happens when we sleep is that it's like there's this little filing system that goes on and it takes the events of our lives and it says, okay, I had eggs for breakfast this morning. Is that something I need to file in the long-term memory or can I shred that? I can probably shred that. Ooh, I had a good conversation with my son today. That needs to go in the long-term memory. Those are some of the kinds of things that can happen when we sleep. We don't even know all that happens when we sleep. Sleep helps us to think better, remember better, and perform better during the day. I want to submit to you that sleep is a spiritual discipline. If you are depriving your body and your brain of sleep, think about why you're doing that. And find a way to get more sleep in your life. God made you to sleep. Receive this rhythm of life as a daily gift. Receive it as His grace. Now, I know there are seasons when this can be hard to avoid. Like seasons of having a newborn baby, right? There are seasons of life where you just aren't going to get it done. Or maybe if you're a student and you're cramming for a test, though it could be argued that if you had studied earlier in the semester, this would not be a problem, But let's allow these things to be the exception and not the norm in our lives. Okay, healthy habit number one, to sleep and to rest. The rest of these are going to be a little shorter, just letting you know. A healthy habit number two, eating and exercising. Sleep and rest is a spiritual discipline. So is eating and exercising. We tend to think of eating as non spiritual but sin came into the world because somebody ate something, right? Let's not forget that. What we eat matters. Furthermore, these bodies were given to us by God, but not only were they given to us, we have been bought with a price by Jesus himself, which means that my body is not my own. Your body is not your own. Your body belongs to God. You and I are renting these things. And we are being, they're being entrusted unto us. When we exercise and eat right, we are honoring God. It is a part of our spiritual worship. Furthermore, eating healthy and even just a bit of exercise gives us energy. You don't have to go run the next marathon. I know that when I eat better and when I exercise, I can get through my day with more focus. On the contrary, if I don't sleep well and if I don't exercise, I tend to make up for it with excessive amounts of caffeine, which gives me energy for a good 30 minutes to an hour, and then I need more caffeine, and then I can't sleep that night because I had too much caffeine that day, and the downward spiral goes on and on and on. I want to encourage you to do your own research on who you are and where you're at in your life and what good eating and exercise would look for, like for you. I've loved the Facebook memes about uh, romaine lettuce this week and uh, talking about how cookies never go bad like lettuce does. You know, you know, for those of us who eat more cookies than romaine lettuce, yeah, it kind of feels good, doesn't it? But honestly, remember to honor God. With what we take into our bodies. Give yourself permission to eat and to exercise. And do it in the name of Jesus. Healthy habit number three. Personal worship. Personal worship. This is a daily rhythm. In Matthew 6.6, Jesus says, whenever you pray. He doesn't say, if you want to go pray. He says, when." you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you, when you come here, you can fill out a Connect card, you can put it in the basket, it can go in the, the annals of church history that you showed up for church today, but you don't do that in personal worship. In personal worship, there's only one person who sees you and that is your Heavenly Father who wants to meet with you. Jesus commands us to pray and to have our own secret time and place to pray. We can begin this habit through prayer and through Scripture reading. You can pray in a lot of different ways. Uh, Sometimes it's easy to read a written prayer just because there's so many other things going on. So sometimes I find myself just saying things like the Lord's Prayer. And I'll even modify it. You know, I'll say... uh, Uh, Father in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today everything that we need. Forgive me of my sins as I forgive those people who have sinned against me. Lord, lead me not into places of temptation, but deliver me from all evil. For yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's a 21st century version of the Lord's Prayer. You have permission to do that. You can change that. You can pray that prayer. Make yourself do it. Sometimes we have to make ourselves do it, even if we don't feel like it. Uh, There's other ways that we can pattern our prayer. One example is the ACTS way, A-C-T-S. A stands for adoration. Spend some time adoring God and who God is. C is for confession. Confess your sins to God. God, I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have failed to be obedient. I have not done your will. I have broken your law. I have rebelled against your love. You can say that. And then T stands for thanksgiving. God, I'm so grateful for all you've given me. I take advantage, I take for granted the fact that I have a car and a house and healthy family or whatever. Thank you, God. And then S is for supplication. Lord, would you supply the things that I need? That's a great model for prayer. Sometimes when we pray, you can simply just go to God and talk to Him at an honest level. Psalm 62, 8. Trust in Him at all times. O people, pour out your heart before Him. God wants you to pour out your heart before Him in personal worship. One of the things I do sometimes is I journal I write out my prayer to God. Why? Because journaling forces me to slow down the brain that's going 100 miles an hour. Has to slow down to the speed of the pen. Keeps me on track. Keeps me focused. You can also read scripture or pray in many ways that involve not only reading through a book or even on your phone or tablet, which we will talk about here in just a little bit. There is simply no substitute for worshiping God you can't go around this you can't you can't put anything in its place if we are going to follow Christ we have to be personal worshipers it is who you are and it's it's so important that we have times and places in our life rhythms and habits where we go and we spend some time with God one on one do it let it be the the heartbeat of who you are in Christ. Habit number four, corporate worship. Corporate worship. That's when we gather together to worship. Because worship isn't just a me and Jesus thing. Worship is something that we do together. We spend a lot of time and energy reserving this room on this morning, every seven days, together for corporate worship. We are open for business, if you will. This is a weekly rhythm. Our goal in our church is to encourage people to worship at least 35 out of 52 times a year. That is two-thirds of the Sundays throughout a year. I've talked in other sermons about communities needing what we call a critical mass of gathering times for the bonds of community to be strong. And two-thirds is the, the ratio that our pastoral leadership team believes that we need to have those kinds of bonds. But this doesn't just happen on its own, does it? We have to commit to it. And we have to plan other things around it. You might have to plan by doing other things on Saturday and and making room to be here on Sunday morning. Let me tell you this, brothers and sisters. Are you looking at me? There is nothing that happens after 11 o'clock on Saturday night that gives you more life than what happens here on Sunday morning. Okay? You can just... Throw it all away on Saturday night at 11 o'clock. Go to sleep and come here. And you tell me what makes you feel better after the weekend is over. Right? What makes you more wholesome? What makes you more alive? Too often, we let the weariness of the week get into our way. And we, we may stay up watching too much TV. Some people drink a little too much on the weekends. And maybe we just need to shut it down and say, you know what, where does life really happen? What's going to be really life-giving for me? Let us gather for worship and let us allow that to be life-giving. The Jewish uh, tradition calls this the day of preparation. They had a day that they called the day of preparation, it was the day before the Sabbath. And they made sure that they were proactively putting habits into their week that allowed them to rest and to worship on their Sabbath. Okay, corporate worship, number four. Finally, habit number five, use technology to benefit your focus. Last week, we talked about how technology can be a means through which we get distracted, but technology can be used for good also. So the first thing we got to do with these things is we got to learn to be the boss, right? These things do not need to be our master. I want to challenge you to do something. I want to challenge you. And if you don't know how to do this, find somebody in your life who does, who can help you to do this. I want to challenge you to turn off all your notifications on your phone, okay? Go, go to the extreme. Do not let this thing buzz you when you get an email. Do not let any kind of notification trigger that little beep in your, in your pop pocket, right? Set this thing to where when you push the, the ringer off button, it won't even vibrate. Now we're getting scary, aren't we? That's how I have mine. And I, I've, I've, I've. Con- life is kind of this continual fighting against these distractions, isn't it? So clear the deck. Clear it out. One of the things I do is when, when I'm in a meeting, I will turn this off and I'll set my phone face down. Someone's calling me. I don't know if they're calling me. They're texting me. I don't know if they're texting me. About every 30 minutes or so, I'll take a look. Okay, my house hasn't burned down. Praise be to God, right? The nurse from the school hasn't called. That's a good thing. It takes some time to get used to that, right? Because we live in a world where we're just thinking, what if, what if, what if? Okay, don't let this be your master, okay? Once you get to that point, then you can get to a place where this becomes something that doesn't distract you, but helps you to focus, You can do this in several ways. First of all, you can download one of many different Bibles. I have three different Bibles on my phone. The first one is what we call the Read Scripture app. We have uh, been pushing this app uh, for about a year now. It's a great way to read through the Bible in a year. Got nice videos, really user-friendly. Go to the, the, the store on your phone and just type in Read Scripture, and you can pull that up. I also have one uh, that's called Olive Tree Bible Study. That's what I do my deeper Bible study with. And I buy resources that help me as a pastor to look up, you know, different things about the culture behind the biblical text. And then a third one that's a great free resource is, um, it's called Version. It's the Version Bible. And you can do the Bible in like eight bazillion languages. Uh, so it's a really cool app as well. Uh, that version Bible will actually read to you out loud. You can be getting ready in the morning and have your own phone read you the Bible. You can be driving to work or exercising and someone will read to you the Bible. We can use this to build us up. You can also download podcasts. We have a podcast here, F-U-M-C Contemporary. Plug that in. There's instructions in your bulletin about how to download that. You can uh, listen to our sermons, FUMCSermons.com. You can listen to sermons just about anyone in the world that you want to. Uh, It's really not that hard to do. You can download lots of good Christian music. Let that be a part of your rhythm and a part of your worship. You can listen to it while you drive or exercise or get ready in the morning or whatever. There's also an app that I have called uh, My Daily Office. and It's like a blue cross... And when I click on it, it just takes me to today. It's uh, Sunday, November 25th. has an opening verse, a verse for confessing sin, a verse for uh, asking God to open my, my mouth and to praise Him, a place for the Apostles' Creed. This is developed by a guy uh, that I uh, used to know back in college, and it's a great little app, My Daily Office. Find your thing. There's a lot of good things out there. Explore, experiment, try it on. Like, like you're going to try clothes on to buy clothes. Try on apps. Test things out. See what you need to do to get this to serve you well. Technology can be a blessing if we steward it well. Use it for the glory of God. All right, I better wrap up. Five habits. Let's review. Sleep and rest, eating and exercise, personal worship, corporate worship, and use of technology to benefit your focus. These five habits are not mere pieces of advice, but they are ways that we worship and honor our Creator God with our lives, with our time, with our body, with our energy, with our relationships. Live in the rhythm of grace that God made you to live in let it be a part of being a human being a real person it's how you were created to live i want to encourage you as you continue to try to do this that this is always a work in progress if you stumble on these habits get back on the horse keep trying don't wallow around in self defeat have grace on yourself keep moving forward We usually don't change these habits easily. We have to try again and again and again. If you're like me and you spent this last week, uh, Thanksgiving week, at your in-law's house, those habits might have gotten thrown off, right? Get back on the horse. It's okay. And finally, let us just get honest with God about the places in our life where we have not developed these habits. Because the places in our life where we have not developed these habits are places where we have not sought Jesus with our whole heart. And that's where we begin, is to say, Lord, would you forgive us for not seeking you with our whole heart? And would you give us grace? And would you draw us unto you? Let us pray together. Oh, Lord, we just have to confess that we don't always seek you. We find ourselves wandering. We find ourselves doing all kinds of other things. We often lose our focus. And we need you to come, Lord, and to forgive us. We need to, to know that your love for us is greater than even our mistakes. And so, when we come today to take a hold of this bread and this juice, we take a hold of that forgiveness to know that you have wiped our slate clean and have given us a new chance. And Lord, would you give us a desire to know you, to love you, and to be who you created us to be and to live in that place of peace and joy and life. Lord, would you give us permission to be human beings today? Would you just let our hearts relax in your presence this day as we behold you? We love you, Jesus, and we're so grateful that we get to be yours. Give us your habits, and routines, oh God. In your name we pray, amen.